0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Jew and Gentile podcast. We are getting so close to the New Year. Steve, it's right around the corner. This is our last podcast of 2022. Amazing, and it's dead in this office. <laughs> it is dead. Nobody's here. They're all
1: on vacation.
0: Nobody wants to play. They all want to go out there, yeah. at least here at the office.
1: At the office, they said, uh, Christmas is past, New Year's is coming. I'm not showing up until after the New Year. Exactly. But we're here. We are here. We are here. Hey, we're, we're schleps. We,
0: <laughs> we're schlepping. We're moving. That's why we're here. Hey, everybody, hang on one second. Here we go. Welcome in. Welcome in. Hi, I'm your host, Chris Katolka, if you're joining us for the first time. And with me is none other than the sage himself, the Jewish sage, the one and
1: only Mr. Steve Herzig. How are you, sir? I, I'm doing good. But, I you know, now I'm wondering, if somebody's listening to us now, in the middle of the week of between Christmas and Easter... Do they have a life? Is that the question? Do they have a life? Oh, do In, we have a life? We're here. I, we I must not have lives. Well, here's the
0: only thing I would say about that: is there are moments when you're with family where you're happy to be with family, but then you need some, you need to, you need a break, you need a break, you need, and sometimes comic relief. That's exactly right. Bada boom! That's exactly who we are. <laughs> now we you just
1: Justin Curd, I hear I was saying we don't have a life here. We we could actually be providing a service for the six people who listen. This to us. is a, a total
0: service for the six people who listen. And um, and so no, I think people might go. I need a break. Maybe I need Stephen Chris right now. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll
1: pray for them. That's right. <laughs> go back and be with your family. <laughs> well, listen, but I, I do understand that. I, I you know getting away. From family? I actually have a family member. It's uh, my niece's husband who, uh, when he first encountered, this is my family being my sister, her husband, uh, their other daughter, my mother and father. This was when they were dating and then getting married. We're kind of the loud family. No. And he, he came from a pretty quiet, so very quiet family. So... Fast forward, they're just married, and I'm visiting my mother, and, and they're in for Hanukkah. This is a, several years ago. And so Matt comes in, and he says hi to everybody, kisses my mom. He says hello to my sister, uh, his, his, his mother in law, which is my other sister. And he's hi, uh, my sister's kids, adult kids were there. So he's saying hi to everybody. And then after about two minutes, he leaves. And I said, What, what happened with Matt? Matt. And so they all say, oh, no, we all know that's an unspoken reality. What's What do you mean an unspoken reality? He can't take the family more than 10 minutes, and yeah. we all know that, and we understand. So he says hello, he loves us all, he's not trying to offend anybody, but he can only take so much before he has to get out of the room. And so, in fact, he leaves. So that I'm telling you all that because... Who knows how much people could take us, Chris? Well,
0: of course. I mean, I'm sure after, what, maybe they're four minutes in, they're like, all right, I've had enough. <laughs> that's <of these."> already <laughs> that's Shut right. up. We like the music. The intro is fun. All right, get them out of here. Yeah, that's, now. Right. that's well, right. Your Alice has that. Your wife is the same way, right? 100%. If she could she'd probably retreat to the bedroom once oh, your family's together.
1: First time she came to my house, to, to I was going to introduce her to my parents. She lasted about 10 minutes and she cried. <laughs> What am I doing? It's what, too much. What's all the yelling and the screaming? And my parents turned to her. Honestly, it was one of those moments. Yelling? <laughs> my my mother, Blanche, said to Nate, you're not yelling. No. Blanche, you're not yelling. Steve, are we yelling? No, you're not yelling. And Alice looks at all of us like we're crazy. Because in reality, although we think we weren't yelling, the volume for her was so high that it seemed like yelling. Yes. What can I tell you? And here at the office, I think, Chris, you know my reputation. I think if you polled people here at the office, there's nobody here in between Christmas and Easter. I mean, Christmas and New Year's. But if you polled people, they would say, oh, Steve has a loud voice. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, didn't they put, when they built this wing down here, didn't they put extra insulation in to keep you from uh, interrupting people? They did, and it did no good. (laughs) They did. But it did no good. Uh, I know. I hear you through your wall, but I'm sure you hear me I too. I hear you too. That's so right. You, so you must there have we go. some
1: Jewish gene way back.
0: Well, that that or it's your take on you know anti-Semitism. Hey, there's for every one Jewish person that does this, there's always a Gentile that does the same That's thing. That's so right. There we That's go. That's right. Hey, I want to share something with you since we're kind of in that Hanukkah, Christmas, uh, you know, New Year, New Year thing. Um, I I found this on Facebook. It's a neighbor of ours. Our neighbor. She's um she's Catholic. Uh, Her husband's Jewish, and so the Jewish uh, husband's dad comes over, and uh, the dad says, what's this? And his Jewish son says, it's an adventure calendar. And the wife is looking and goes, no, it's an advent calendar. (laughs) And the husband says, yeah, an adventure calendar. You go through the adventure each day, and you get chocolate. One, two, three. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Isn't that great? Oh, that is
0: great. I texted him and I said, this is fantastic. I, I, I would say Jesus would consider it an adventure. So there you go. It's uh, Advent and adventure at the same time.
1: Well, Chris, I don't know if it's appropriate or not, but it's coming to a new year. And before the new year comes, I don't tell jokes. I, I don't normally tell jokes. That I is do. true. You are not a joke I teller. I am not a joke teller. I'm tell having stories. this
0: after 20 years. I'm having this epiphany it, right now. You're I, not a joke teller. I am not a
1: joke, but I but tell you why. That's the I, problem. I talk about life. My life's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the harsh way to thing, put it. It's a joke. You just tell what happens in your life. But I did hear, and I I want to tell it because through this past year, as we approach the end of this year. Uh, we try to break stereotypes, but you can't help but have them, because uh, th- that, that's just the way life is. Uh, I have Polish in me, and there's Polish jokes. I'm Jewish. There's Jewish jokes. Every group has jokes. And so I heard this one, and I, it's, I'm hoping our audience, all six of them, or however many there are, will appreciate it. Because, <laughs> of course, it's three men go to a bar, a German an Irishman and a Jew, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. So they're going to a bar, and it's hot outside. I mean, it's so hot. Their throats are parched, Chris, parched, and they're just so thirsty. So what does the Irishman order? I'll ask, what does the Irishman order at the bar? A beer? No. What? Isn't that, that what Irish no, people do? I, Irish, German, and Jewish. The German guy will do the beer. Oh. He orders a whiskey. A whiskey. Oh, Irish whiskey. Okay. Okay. So the guy orders a whiskey. And, oh, you know, he's drink- He's so thirsty. I love that he's thirsty. That, thirsty. Then the, the German guy, he's thirsty. Oh, is he thirsty. And so he gets to the bar and he orders the beer, That's as right. you said. Okay. Okay. Now, the Jewish guy, he comes to the bar and he's so thirsty. And he says, I think I have diabetes. <laughs> That 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 is is so Jewish! (laughs) (laughs) Chris, when I was in fifth grade, we were studying... Uh, elephantitis, <laughs> and I limped all the way home. That's right. I'm da- that's that, that's, that, that's before, not a joke. That's that, true. And that's
0: before there was Web WebMD and all. It, I can only imagine. The, it uh, was
1: so vivid. I, the teacher is going on about how it swells up and it aches. <laughs> I'm walking home limping. I think I got elephantitis. So when I heard that joke about, <laughs> I think I have diabetes, that, that's so typical is, for my It's just great. Is anything okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That is a hundred percent right. I hope that I look, I thought that was hilarious. That is a good it took me a moment to realize and then it hit me like it, That's uh, the problem with those kind of jokes. If the person I, I'm telling I've told it to a few people since I learned and a couple of the people weren't that acquainted with Jewish culture. Yeah. What? Uh, there's nothing more disappointing when, because it is hilarious. You know, though, it did hit me though when you said you don't tell jokes. You're not a joke teller. I'm not a joke teller. That is, f- I, but I, that one's illustrative of just the kind of thing Jewish culture and and playing after Jewish culture. Uh, it's it's if you can't make fun of yourself, I'm um, fun of your own yes. people. Uh, Some people look at it as a, you know, uh, oh, today in the culture we live in today, you're offending everybody. Yeah. Comedians really have trouble because there are now news headlines about comedians who say this movie wouldn't fly in classic movies. Yeah. comedians who are hilarious where you could laugh at yourself and now you can't, you're going to offend somebody. I think, I think it's a sad state of affairs.
0: I just saw a a comedian online and he was, he compared, he said, before I end my show, I would like to compare the um, baby. It's cold outside song, uh, which apparently has offended a lot of people. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, you didn't know about this? No, It was last year or the year before the baby it's cold outside song apparently is very, um, uh, it, it kind of demeans women. It's a little bit, you know, scary about why she's sticking around. And so, you know... People
1: are analyzing
0: winter songs. Christmas songs, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like this nice song where, you know, they stick around, classic. stay it's around, I yeah. like you, that yeah. kind of thing, okay? And so they completely just threw it. Under the bus. All the woke people just said that we we can't play And some radio stations stopped playing it. Of course. So the guy takes the lyrics to that song. And I wouldn't even spend a moment sharing the other side that he he read the the lyrics to a song that's on the top 10 of the, like the whole year like what people listen to all year and the lyrics are so bad I mean they're just disgusting and he goes how is it in our culture that we radio stations have said nope to this this song written in, in 19 you know after World War II like it, you know the cleanest song ever you know, how can we say get rid of this? But then the song that's number one or whatever for the whole year is this really bad song. It's just it shows the backwardness of our culture. Well, Chris, you, know?
1: you remember last week we read the news item where the New York Times was condemning the democracy of Israel? Yes, exactly. And, and, and they are at least accusations against them. That they inhibited information before our own election? Yes. And yet they're throwing dispersions against Israel, which, okay, you didn't like the results of the election. But it was an election. Yeah, that's right. There was nobody inhibiting that's the Israelis were saying. This is what we want. That's it. So well and, and did you see
0: too the New York Times? Did you see the crossword puzzle? Did you hear about oh, that? Oh yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A swastika. It's like the first day of Hanukkah and they're like a swastika. Happy Hanukkah to you. Here's a swastika. <laughs> that's I,
1: right. I, it's I, crazy. You can't it's write insane. That's right. It's, it's right. Insane. Well, insane.
0: it's it's laughable, but it's not laughable at all at the same time.
1: Anyway, so that was my joke. I liked the your joke. It's you the should end do of the year. That, well, I don't tell that. Just to me, it's a cultural joke that just tells you a lot about our people. <laughs> That's right. And I thought it was fun. is anything okay. <laughs> 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 well, listen,
0: uh, everyone, before I, I know that we're already like uh, into this podcast and you're thinking, where are you going? Hey, who's with this sponsored by? That's right. Thank you, Steve. Uh, the Jew and Gentile uh, podcast is sponsored by FOI Equip, and this is your last opportunity. People, if you're sitting here listening and you've made it this far into the podcast, uh, good for you. Thank you very much. You are, uh, you've are. you got and a Give lot of, me my
1: guilt here, Chris. Oh, yeah. I'll hold it Here's up while you're gelts. talking. There you go. Okay. If you're watching
0: on YouTube That's right. or Facebook. So keep talking. Keep so talking. All I'm saying is, this is your last opportunity opportunity to be able to give to FOI Equip. And what is FOI Equip? Well, it's your opportunity to learn the Bible from a Jewish perspective. The Jew and Gentile podcast is a part of FOI Equip. The Gesture podcast is a part of FOI Equip. We've got even more stuff coming out this year that's going to be teaching the Bible from a Jewish perspective. We've got our FOI Equip classes that happen on Thursday nights live online, where you can watch them on YouTube. Um, in fact, we have four months lined up already from January to April that you could sign up and be a part of. And then on top of all of the great teaching and connection and fellowship, we also have, Steve, our interns that are taking all that we're learning uh and teaching and putting it to action by going into the Jewish community to to shine the light of Messiah Jesus to our Jewish friends through acts of service and kindness and all that. So if you believe in what we're doing, and I'm hoping if you've stuck around for thirteen minutes and eighteen seconds, hey, if they've
1: listened this far there. They I know. should get a medal. You, there you go. Some this guilt. for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you're looking online, you can see it. But Steve's holding up a big guilt, uh piece of gelt. That's uh... a. Yeah, we're,
1: we're looking to raise ten thousand dollars, and we realize, look, these are hard times. I think it's fair to say. Yes. Uh, we don't. We're doing this. We're happy to do it. Uh, we'd like to expand what we're doing, and that's why we're asking for the money. It's not. We're not pocketing the money, Chris. You and myself. We're using it. It's in the ministry here. Uh, by the way, it's through donors we got this equipment. We pretty neat equipment you have that great we got equipment, through, the, yep. through the course of the time we started this podcast. God has been gracious uh, enough that one of our listeners had a connection and some money was donated. We were able to buy all these things. You were the one that was looking at dreaming of some of this the microphones and the cameras and all that. So we would like to be able to expand the work more. If, of course, if people can't give or they, you know, they give into their church or whatever, we understand. But we are looking if God is uh, pulling on your heartstrings. Uh, look here's a here's a gelt and again just like my people don't be a cheapskate. That's right. Donate to that's F-O-I. right. You, uh, put it in our digital pushki, which that, is our pushki. Our that was digital one of our push-key. Our words.
0: That's right. Uh, by going to gofoi.org forward slash foi equip. Hey, again, that's gofoi.org foi.org forward slash. Let's
1: change that, Chris. F-O-I let's equip. put it on the our web page. Push-key. Oh, yeah. Our we digital Pushki. S- we could call we it could our call digital Pushki. We could change the
0: name to Go. Well, we're not going to do this right now. So no. you still go to foi.org forward slash equip. This is But maybe the next year maybe. we'll change it to forward slash Pushki.
1: Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs>
0: that would be great. Hey, and Steve, before all, everyone's sitting there going, man, look at these guys with their Perriers as they sit there and do it. And they're asking, hey, this was a
1: gift given to us, our uh, Perriers. I mean. We came into our podcast. Room and there was a Secret Santa. Uh, a Secret Santa dropped off some a all loot for kinds us. Of stuff. I can't even.
0: I I don't think I can get a shot on the camera right now. But we've got. I can tell you. Soda. We have,
1: Perrier, we have uh, Crunch bars. We have uh, uh, Chips Ahoy Chips cookies. I... Coca Cola. Sprite. All well,
0: you know, we found out who I did some research I know you did and the moment you
1: saw it you were on a mi- man on a mission. I was a man on a mission and she's not here because of course no one's here. She's on vacation everybody's on vacation except you and me Chris mm-hmm. uh, but the person who we've had on before who's our our assistant in North American minister helps us with the news Laura Coleman was the one mm-hmm. the guilt but she didn't sign anything. She didn't put any note, but I had to find out who it was.
0: So. Yeah, because you thought it was somebody else, but it I wasn't. I thought it was somebody That's else, right.
1: but it wasn't because I called that person and, they're, and they, they said, said nope, nope, wasn't, wasn't us. They could have said, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. That would have been fun. They're honest believers in Jesus Christ, so they told me the truth. They did. They did. That's right. Well, Laura, thank you very much. uh, She doesn't even know because she's on vacation, but we're thanking you, Laura. We're thanking you
0: you, uh, with our our special drinks that we're having during the, the, the podcast. All right, Steve. We are in, believe it or not, we're in Revelation. We are in Revelation, and uh, we're coming into a new year, Steve, and I just can't help but think about how Revelation is building the case for the new heavens and the new earth. It's it's showing us the final days uh, uh, leading up to God's ultimate victory. Um, but before He gets into the plan of what's going to happen in the future, He's uh, God is or Christ is speaking to John. Uh, about seven to seven churches. So originally this whole the letter is written to these seven churches. Uh, to, and really what I think is to kind of wake them up spiritually um, and to give them a new path forward and to invite them to rekindle their relationship or to see their blind spots, their spiritual blind spots, because there is a time coming when God is going to judge the earth, it's, that's what this whole thing is about, the book of Revelation, and we all know who the victor is. Uh, and so as we're sitting here reading through these these small epistles, these are small letters written to each church, it's going to be helpful for us to be able to look into uh, these. And we've already done Ephesus, and you, there's a little acronym that you have, isn't Everybody there? Everybody
1: sing, please, that sounds pretty lovely.
0: <laughs> Everybody sing, please, that sounds pretty lovely. Correct. Okay.
1: So, e Everybody is Ephesus. Sing, and that's Smyrna. And please is uh, uh, sorry. uh, Pergamum is the P. And then you go through the rest. So everybody sing, please that Thyatira sounds uh, Sardis pretty. Philadelphia lovely. Laodicea. Yes. Okay. And we're we're that's compliments of Will Varner. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Will. Yes. Thank you, Will. But you know, Chris, when we think of Revelation, and last week when we had our podcast, I mentioned three things. They weren't original to me. I heard a preacher actually tell them, and I've gravitated to it, and during this season have thought about it. Number one is we celebrate Christmas. That's the cradle. We mm-hmm. celebrate the cradle, and that's what we did last week. Uh, and then we, uh, at Easter time, we celebrate the cross. Um, both very you can't have the cross unless there was the cradle mm-hmm. you need and you, and once the cradle's there he came to be born to die cross but then very jewish the crown mm-hmm. the messiah the mashiach the anointed one the one who was to come john the jewish man 90 some years old is on the island of patmos and god is unveiling what ultimately is the unveiling of his future plan. Mm-hmm. But the great mystery, there's two things. First in chapter 1 is is really describing as best he could, using the word like, who this person is, the first and the last, the Alpha, the Omega, there's no one like him. Uh, he, he's His glory is imminent, and so he describes the indescribable. And now chapters 2 and 3, he's going to talk about the mystery. Mm-hmm. The mystery. The prophets didn't know about it. Quite frankly, as a Jewish person, I didn't recognize the church. I Not even close. And so John is now told by Christ to write these little epistles. I like the way there are little epistles in this epistle that he's sending. So little letters. He's little letters all around, <clears throat> which I think is a great way to think about it. And he's writing them to churches who, quite frankly, Chris— those seven churches, you can find that kind of church today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, I, I would say you can find any one of these seven in the United States. In the United States, mm-hmm. even the persecuted church. Uh, during the days of COVID, there was government persecution just because they were believers. So uh, these kind of—losing your first love— Chris, I already identified when we talked about that a couple of weeks ago and said, Yes, there's been a time I had to identify and repent and say, I lost my, I'm tr- we're trying to have the right doctrine, do everything the right way. And we missed the passion of when we first came to Christ, our love story, our loved one, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like what could happen to us as husbands. Oh, we court the wife. Oh, we're in, we're in hunting mode and we do all kinds of nice things and we're married. And then what happens to some of us? You get in the mode where, eh, you know, uh, it's your birthday, happy birthday, yeah, <laughs> uh, or it's your anniversary, yeah, uh, where you want to go to dinner. Yeah, we we lost the passion. We lost, and and we, it can happen to anybody. And th- that's what happened in Ephesus. And here we're coming to this church. And Chris, this is the persecuted church. Mm-hmm. There is no <clears throat> condemnation given to this church. Uh, maybe this is the kind of church uh, believers in Ukraine right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, China, na-
1: China, North Korea—people uh, who are still sinners, just like us, forgiven in Christ. But the things that they're facing are so beyond what you and I face in the United States in North America, and so they're persecuted. And and Christ understands that. That's why there's no condemnation <coughs> here. Yeah, He is. There are things said here. Why don't you read that? I, I think it's this is written by uh, the first and the last, the Alpha, the Omega, the Great Shepherd. This is written to a church that is hurting, Yeah, hurting big time. It
0: says, to the angel of the church of Smyrna, write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you into, in the prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death.
1: Well, think about that, Chris. I mean, there are... First of all, there's some things here that we have to kind of explain. We've got a synagogue of Satan. Yeah, is this? Dude, wait a minute. If I read this before I was saved, I would be spitting mad. Yeah,
0: well, and this is actually, there's a lot of people, I have this conversation with people, they go, oh, the New Testament's very anti-Semitic. Well, and this is one of the passages that they turn to.
1: And rightfully so to at least, ex- we should examine it. Yeah, what, I think we should. What's he talking about yes. here? I think we should talk about it. Um, but
0: first, before we get to that, we definitely see a sense of a deep persecution. And again, like you said, there is zero condemnation here. Jesus is speaking truth into their life. He's speaking affirmation into their life about who they are and, can, and, and, and encouraging. Them even in the face of persecution to continue on, and what's the reward? Well, the reward's going to be the fact that you you're going to crown of life, crown of life. There's a crown of life. That's right. The
1: second, but he says, "I know." Isn't that? I know. Remember, chapter one. This is the God that's indescribable, and he's trying to describe it to us. And he's using incredible language and and all that. This is this, this is the God who said to the other church in Ephesus, You've lost your first love. I'm the first and the last. And now he's he's coming to a persecuted church, one that loves him and is taking it on the chin, mm-hmm. like all because of him. And he says, I know. What were some of the things that they were facing? That's where the synagogue of Satan comes in. Quite frankly, they were Oreo cookies. The Jew, the believers here were many of them Jewish. Jewish. Yep, they were many of them Jewish, and so they had Rome on one hand, the Roman Empire, and the particular city that they lived in, which you must bow down to the Caesar there, and and other gods that they had temples all over the place. Mm-hmm. And if they wanted to be in the guild that they were in, this is your job. You had a Put in some incense at a temple, and there were some people at the church who said, eh, "Don't. It's no big deal. Just do just it. do it. Yeah. And then you won't lose. It's you're, it's part of who we are. We we need to be able to do this so we could work. But they couldn't do it in good conscience, and so they would be persecuted because they weren't following the pagan way. On the other hand, the Jewish people. These were if many of these were Jewish believers. They're saying, "What you can't believe in." A god man. That's and they were putting pressure on them and trying to get the to get the government in their area against them because they weren't doing other things. So they were tattling. They were they were getting them. Yeah. Uh, and so they felt like Oreo cookies. They were smushed in the middle. And Jesus is saying, "Look, some of you are going to go to prison. He's he's not saying I'm taking you out of prison, but he does say I know what you're going through. And look, if somebody whether and in this case, a group, not all the Jews, but a group of Jews are doing that to make your life miserable. That's a satanic thing mm-hmm. because Satan wants whatever God loves, Satan hates. I mean, think about the fact
0: that Jesus said to Peter, Peter goes, You're the you're the Messiah, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And then Jesus goes, I must die and I'll rise again in three days. And he goes, You can't die. And he goes, Get behind me, Satan. That's right. He yeah. Calls, I mean he Pe- calls Peter Satan. He Get does, behind me Satan. Because it's
1: satanic. The anything that takes away from the plan and purpose of God, if somebody would slander that, then it's it's a satanic teaching. It's Satan. It's from Satan himself. And this, I, I always tell people, because a John
0: is usually the one, John wrote Revelation, um, and John, of course, wrote the Gospel of John and the Epistles, and there a lot of people often quote passages from John or Revelation about the anti-Semitism, what they consider the anti-Semitism or Jew hatred of the New Testament. But Steve, this is where, again, I think it's good to um, have a conversation about... Uh, Uh, The fact that we teach a Bible from the Jewish perspective, which means that the book of John, the letter of John, or the gospel of John, and Revelation and his epistles were written by a Jewish guy. So you have a Jewish guy writing about the synagogue of Satan. So can a Jewish person be anti-Semitic? You know, or is it in a community discussion? Because I always remind, whenever I have this discussion, especially with our tour guide that we like to use, uh, who's a good friend of ours. You know, in Israel, um, I always say, you know, the 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 Dead Sea Scrolls are not too kind. You know, between the way that the Essenes um, and the Qumran community thought about the other Jewish people, you know, uh, they spoke very poorly of them. Is that anti-Semitic? Or Josephus when he's writing history? Uh, he's a Jewish guy. When he's writing history, oh, he lays into the zealots. You know, he's trying to convince the Roman world. Oh, Jewish people aren't that bad. We're good people. Look at our history. Oh, but those zealots—they're the ones who created the problem. They're the reason that you—you know—that uh, there's all the strife in the—in the—in. Uh, in, in, in Jerusalem, and so, you know, th- he speaks poorly of them. So is he
1: anti-Semitic? No. I, th- I think, you know, as, as long as John is the one writing... It's context. It's context. Hey, Chris, during Yom Kippur, so I'm a young person uh, in elementary school age, 10, 11 years old, and I'm at the entryway of our synagogue on Yom Kippur. Orthodox. Or, so it's an Orthodox synagogue, and so people are coming, some of my friends are coming in. Did you brush your teeth this morning? Yeah, I did. You're a gentile. You're a goy. Really? That's what I would say. I'm checking on them because we're supposed to fast. I was I wasn't saying anti-Semitic things to them. You're a goy. I was condemning. I would call. (laughs) I did. I was like checking them off. Okay, it's Yom Kippur. We're supposed to fast. No water. Nothing. Uh, Did you eat? Well, yeah. Goy, you're done. (laughs) I did that. I, I I did that. It's no different here, it's and that, stronger you, you language even talk
0: about the fact that forget about other kids coming into the Orthodox synagogue. you also had like an outlook on how reformed oh, people did I, things the,
1: the Orthodox Jews look at, I understand they look at other people who call themselves Jewish and don't follow anything. They call them Goyim. Yeah. That's terrible. And they, terrible things. They get angry. What happens if a Jewish person, which I ultimately did, although I was a believer, but what does it, what What do you call a Jewish person who starts dating Shiksa's? Yeah. And Shaget's, that's male for Gentile. You're... A Wait Shagan? A shagits is, is a male. A is a male. Male Gentile. You're a shagits. I'm a Shagets. A Shixa is a Gentile girl. Yeah, a Shixa, I've heard. And of, what uh, happened? Shagitz. So I could tell you from the time I was in junior high, my father told me, you're not dating any Shixas. We're not having any Shixas here. So I waited until I was in college, Chris. Right before I was uh, uh, graduated, my senior year, I dated all kinds of shikses because I thought, this is it, you know? This is this is the great hurrah before B.C. days. Before, yeah. But it's forbidden. And so what happens when they do? That's an abomination. It's an abomination to think, I'm talking in the Jewish context, that God could take on flesh. Now, I could show you Scripture verses, and that's what turns people around, turn me around. Mm-hmm. But the concept in the Jewish mind, the culture— the whole idea, mm-hmm. the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We don't, we don't believe. That's, that's what the Gentiles believe. That's what the pagans believe. They have gods all over the place. We shall have no other gods before us. Mm-hmm. But what most of my people don't understand and what it took for me looking at the scriptures and by the Holy Spirit is to realize we don't have any other gods before him. But in the fullness of time, Jehovah, the living God, sent forth his son mm-hmm. to be a savior. He never stopped being God. He was always God. Uh, in fact, if you want to tell a little, I don't, I don't know what they call them, a, a, a thing to trick people, where, how is it possible to have somebody born... Oh, like a riddle? Old, yeah, like a riddle. Mm-hmm. Older, older than his mother when he's born and the same age as his father. Well, it's the know. Lord Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he always was, right? Yes. Uh, now, he's incarnated. I, I I understand his body. It comes at a specific time. But Jesus, the second person in the Godhead, when he was born, he's fully God. He's older than his mother. Yep. But he is the same age as his father. Yep. <laughs> a lot of wisdom there. <laughs> <laughs> he's from eternity. Yep. He's he's God and God alone. He's very God. It's 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 one of those things that is, hey, the Apostle Paul, the mystery of Godly. we don't understand these things, but the the idea of, from a Jewish, strictly Jewish point of view, when you raise it that way, the concept of a God-man is just, it's too much. It's too much, yeah. But, as coming from that background, once, when I saw Isaiah, verses that were sung over Christmas, Chris... Mm Uh, Isaiah seven fourteen the virgin birth. you got to have the virgin birth. Isaiah 9, 6, unto us a son is born, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. a son is given, it, government upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Do you know, Chris, in my Bible, my Jewish Bible from my shul, my synagogue, it read in the Masoretic text, his name is, uh, uh, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, El Gabor. Mm-hmm. There was an asterisk at the top. It was transliterated in my Jewish Bible, and you had to go down to the bottom. And there, in the star, it said, Mighty God. Wow. It, I never saw, in my Bible, this is a kosher Bible, given to me with the admonition to read it, which I had not done, and now I look at it, wait a minute, Isaiah is saying, that a, a child is going to be born to rule the government and he's, his name is El Gabor, the mighty God? What what he's he's not Trafe? No. Isaiah's not Trafe. This is not this is not an abomination. This is the word of God. Do we believe it? Yeah. That's the question, Chris.
0: Well, and you're saying here in in Smyrna that the 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 church in Smyrna was comprised of both Jew and Gentile, maybe even a little more Jewish than Gentile, or you know, we don't know the exact percentage. There were Jews and there were Gentiles, but the people the Jews But they were being squished by the Roman culture and the Judaizers. By the the pagans
1: in one hand to compromise and worship false gods, and by the Jews who were upset that this group would have. The idea of the Jewish Messiah being flesh That's right. and God himself. That's right. And so they were getting squished in both ends. And by the way, not just with words, not just with words, they were being thrown into prison. Yep. They And later on, Chris, there would ultimately be a, a very famous Christian guy named Polycarp, who was the bishop of Smyrna. Yeah, we talked about this. He he, he was uh, thrown not just into prison, but ultimately burned at the stake and it could have all been avoided by him simply saying Jesus is not the not god i worship these gods and he's when they took him he said no need no need to tie me up mm-hmm. he has never let me down up until now he'll never let me down i'll you i'll stay here and mm. he stayed there while he burned mm. it's it's amazing uh I can't comprehend that. I got to admit, they probably have to tie me down and I've been screaming my head off. After all, I'd be saying a lot of Oy Vase mir. But the the courage and the commitment to not assimilate. We talked about that last week in Hanukkah. Here is a, a... Christian Gentile, a lot of a assimil- a lot of uh, um, connections there. Oh, between- he would not. He was just as brave as any Maccabee, mm-hmm. standing for the truth of the living God. And if you burn me, that's fine. Absent from the body, I'll be with my Savior. I'll have a crown of life. That's right. That's taken, which is right
0: here too. When he's when when in in this church in the letter to the church of Smyrna, he's saying. You know, you'll feel the pain of persecution, oh, but you'll feel your, your victory, and the same with Polycarp, your victory is is you will not be hurt uh, by at all by the second death. And so, you know, y- you're going to be hurt by the first death. That's the real thing. But the second death, which is the the most important one, um,
1: there'll be eternal life for you. And, and Chris, as we come to the end of the year.
0: And you think Polycarp did not live long after this no, was written it was 155. It was probably in his brain as he's sitting there going through it and knowing exactly what's waiting. It, this is about
1: fifty years or sixty years after this letter was written.
0: And it would have stuck into the culture of the of the of the church there because it was written by John. It was a direct words from the Lord Jesus, and they would have, I'm sure it was plastered everywhere, their little letter to their church. And so for Polycarp going um, to the to be burned at the stake was probably just connected to exactly what was written here.
1: You know, Chris, as we come to the end of the year and we think of this church, really, we ought to take the time. I'm going to ask you, there's North Korean believers mm-hmm. going through things that you and I can't even relate to. Uh, the war in Ukraine is going on, unbelievers suffering, but the Church of Jesus Christ is suffering. And thank God Friends of Israel is is reaching out in a small way, to try to help during the cold winter and as they're fighting in Russia and uh, it's a, families are broken up. It's a very, very difficult thing. What about in China? Mm-hmm. The believers there. Uh, Lockdown because of COVID for everybody, but persecution specifically for believers. You know, w- even the you know, w- we... We believe that Israel has religious freedom. I'm we glad you. That's right.
0: They they have religious freedom, but we also know that messianic Jewish believers in Israel face serious persecution. Serious, um, from the ultra orthodox,
1: even and, physical yeah. persecution.
0: And, and this is one of those things. Uh, the the um, when I was in Israel a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was sitting um, in the Knesset, in Israel's parliament, and the new uh, Ben Gavir, who is, uh, you know, in the government Oh, yeah, you should
1: tell the story. Great story.
0: So we're sitting there, and Ben Gavir comes in, and there's maybe a delegation of about 100 of us, and we're sitting in one of these uh, rooms, and he's speaking, and he speaks for a while. Eloquent speaker. It was uh, great to hear from him. Uh, And then it was time for questions. And And this uh, is a press corps, Christian yeah, court. it was a journalism uh, a group I was with, a Christian media summit. And so I'm sitting there, and David Parsons of the International Christian Embassy of Jerusalem, he gets up, and now he's lived over there. So, you know, he he's lived there for a long time. And he asks a very poignant question to Ben Gavir, which was, um, are you sure you're going to be pro- um, uh, Democracy. Democracy, and also religious freedom. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, and so he goes, uh, yeah, of course. He goes, well, because- I know you and I you you were a part of the riots against the King of Kings church. I there's a picture of you there holding up a sign and you have a history of you know, being very, uh, I don't want to use the word violent, but uh, he's got a history, you know. Um, and so he used he, his words a lot. <laughs> he used his words a lot. Exactly. And so anyway, but, uh, uh, David Parsons asked him a great, a great that question. That is a great question. And, and, and you know, uh, he responded by saying, no, I'm not going to prevent any, you know, religious freedom or anything. But the point was that it's real, like uh, persecution even in he Israel. He was involved,
1: not with physical persecution, but it's an emotional thing. I, I'm telling you from a Jewish point of view, I understand when it can go too far when it becomes violent. And I'm not saying he was violent, but there has been known cases. In fact, a number of years ago, a young Messianic boy in a Messianic family, was, a package was delivered and it blew up, mm. and he didn't die, but it—he was hurt, and that. So it can go that far. And look, and the struggles some, are real too. When because somebody does that, and they're Jewish, they're from the synagogue of Satan. Yeah, there, there's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob would not tell them to do something like exactly, that. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Jesus would not advocate doing something. So that remove. Who else would want to do something like that's a satanic. At. And we know at the Friends of Israel,
0: whenever we try to do a new building project in Israel or whatever, it always requires more money because the people are less likely to give yeah, up they, their property right. for they don't churches. Li- they don't like us. Yeah. I understand. But anyway, it, the point is, you're right. There's real persecution. Every you know, in in many places, we still haven't felt that yet. We're feeling it policy wise. We're starting to see, you know, uh, certain policies in North coming, America. In you're North America, about? Mm-hmm. yes uh policies going through congress about what we believe in fact we're going to look at an article in a little bit about what happened in in england uh in in in, in the uk but the, the point
1: is persecution is real and there are many people who are facing it very and, severely and, and that's right and the church in smyrna faced it and jesus knows about it and he knows about those so i'd like you to real quick pray for yes what just persecuted a Christians wherever they are. And yes. really against anti-Semitism, you can lump the two together. To hate a Jewish person just because they're Jewish is terrible. Is that, That's a whore. That's satanic. Yes. And to hate somebody because they believe in Jesus is satanic. Yes. It's a terrible
0: thing, so we should pray yeah. for them. Why don't we pray together? Father, and everyone out there, thank you, Lord, for so much for uh, the freedom that we do have to talk like this right now, to be very open about what we believe uh, trusting in you, opening your Word, opening your Scriptures, making a podcast, having it published everywhere—I see it being watched all around the world. But I also know, Lord, that there are people who who could never uh, imagine walking outside with with uh, with the Scriptures um, or meeting publicly. Uh, they have to meet underground, or they have to be a part of an underground church. Um, Lord, uh, they face strict persecutions, uh, churches being burned down, or even believers losing their lives for trusting in you. And so, Father, um, your word is very clear to us that even though we live in a very free country, Lord, uh, that persecution is real. And it's actually something, Lord, that you take very seriously, because you didn't condemn Smyrna. In fact, you affirmed them. Uh, even in the midst of their persecution. So we may we always remember to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters, and Lord, to stand up against anti-Semitism as well and to speak truth into that as well. And so Lord, we want to give you this opportunity to speak into our hearts and remind us that there are those who are suffering we ask
1: these things in Jesus name amen 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 great that's great
0: all right so we did smyrna now steve i think we we should probably touch on one more really quick we've got about all right, 5 sing, minutes please <laughs> okay so everybody ephesus sing smyrna
1: please Perg- pergamus Yes. uh okay so to the angel in the church in pergamus per- these things says he who has a sharp double edged sword? Oh, we know Book of Hebrews, right? That's right. Doesn't he? I know. Once again, God is saying, I know your works. Where you he's, in other words, he's saying, I know where you live. <laughs> I got a bone to pick with you. I know where you live, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast my name and did not, not deny and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr. So someone was killed, a believer who was killed among you. Where Satan dwells, but I have a few things against you. So uh, this is good, but uh, here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, <laughs> you Here's a few things. You hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel. Oh, he's going back to numbers, Chris. It's mm-hmm. going back to numbers. To eat things, sacrifice to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Thus... You also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nickel Nickelodeon. yeah. not Nickelodeons. <laughs> Ay- the Nickelodeons. Ay- Oh, Chris. Ay- I got too Ay- many. I got Ay- too many grandkids in my head. Ay- Ay- there was a there was a station uh, uh, channel of the Ni- Nickelode- Nickelodeon. There I was a program. Nickel- that's right. right. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, He's speaking to anybody who watches Nickelodeon. That's right. right. That's right. I, now I got I lost my Nickelations. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone. Oh, this is great, precious. White stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Chris, joking aside with the Nickelodeons, (laughs) Uh, there's some false doctrine in this church, Yet there's been a martyr in this church. You yeah. have a quite a contrast.
0: Well, can I say, too, uh, if we've talked about this before, when 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 the Gentiles were invited into the church, they were invited in on the basis that they did not have to become Jewish. They didn't have to follow certain Torah laws. They didn't have to keep kosher. They didn't have to celebrate the feast. They didn't have to um, uh, 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 do aspects of the law. Um, all, all of those things, uh, circumcision, circumcision, those things that make you jewish identifying markers but the apostles were very clear about two big things one was meat sacrifice to idols yep. and the second was sexual immorality and so both going on in this in the city that's the point
1: big time
0: which strikes at the heart of exactly what the apostles were asking the uh new followers of Jesus who were gentile and you could even say that jewish people at that time were probably still torah keeping jewish people so in their minds they're keeping the torah they they're following jesus jesus is the messiah but they still were probably keeping kosher following the feast of israel and they israel. wanted
1: no part of the goyish practice
0: exactly and so what we're seeing in pergamum actually is a complete erosion of the contract essentially that was made between the apostles and the believers and so that's number 1 the and 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 i like what what jesus does here of course i do but i like what he does when he harps back on some of these Old Testament figures to kind of bring forward, you know, you're doing exactly what they did. You're, you're practicing are and It's always our
1: fault, Chris. It's, what can I tell you? We invented it. We, it's, and it's true. He goes back to a Jewish teaching to tell these Gentiles and, and Jewish people yeah. not to get involved with the culture. And that's, oh, Chris, that is, it's hard. Isn't it? Of course, we don't bow down. That's an easy one. Don't bow down to a stone thing, whatever it is. But the culture, Chris, we're approaching New Year's. What do you do on New Year's? Yep. How do you celebrate New Year's? I could tell you from a Jewish point of view for the Jewish New Year, the idea of, you know, drinking and, uh, you know, having huge parties and uh, staying up all night. Not, you know, we went through, we talked about it on the podcast Uh Rosh Hashanah—that's time of repent. Oh, we have a joyful time. That's right. We eat a a nice challah. We have apples and honey. But the idea is, we gotta—we gotta evaluate our life. We gotta repent. It's the direct opposite of the culture, and so it is easy. Uh, Any pastor, I've heard messages uh, for New Year's, and I've given them myself. People do certain things, Christians, on what's appropriate to celebrate. A new year coming yeah uh, what's appropriate you have certain convictions i know there's christians who hey they go out to dinner uh they you know they, they 12 o'clock comes they they you know say great happy new year and they go they go home but there's others who do a little more than that yep and the culture grabs hold of them and that's the danger well i'm reading
0: this book right now and you know before i come to the office i do some devotional stuff and then I I read a book and I'm reading a book right now about what was going on during the the Hanukkah period and all about the the influence the cultural influence of Hellenism which is the Greek culture that was being placed into on the Jewish people at that time and um it's interesting because this particular scholar is saying you know y- you think that when you read Maccabees, that the Jewish people were completely separated from the Greek culture, but that was not the case. They were actually, you know, Hellenism had, had kind of bobbed and weaved its way into culture that you can't even imagine. And, you know, they my were, name is
1: Stephen. Yeah, exactly. Think about that. Yeah, That's Chris. a good I, point. Uh, that's exactly what you're saying. I have two names. My synagogue name is Israel Reuben when I was in Hebrew Israel. That's what they You're kidding it. with me. No. How did I never know well, this? Israel Reuben is my Israel name. Israel Reuben. Reuben.
0: Yep. Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, that's oh, me. we're digging that, that back that's up. That's me.
1: But what is, my, what is my name in school? Greek. Yes, Stephen, Stephen. New Testament name. <laughs> and you know how many Jewish Stephens there are? They're all over the place. I'm talking about in the diaspora. There's tons of Stevens. Oh, this is fair. Israel Rubin. It's, it's a great illustration of what you're to, the Weaved through. My My parents were no more thinking about getting involved in in Goyasha stuff, but they were. But they were. Exactly. That's but the point. But they were. That, I wasn't named uh, Jonathan right out of the Old Testament. I wasn't named David right out of the Old I was named Stephen. <laughs> That's it's, a Greek name, Stefanos. For anybody that's listening to this podcast,
0: and you know Steve Hurst, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that know you. Never in 20 years of knowing you did I know your name was Israel Rubin. Israel oh, Rubin. that is fantastic. So first, I th- I, I've learned two big things about you today, Steve. Number one is that... Uh, you're funny, but you don't tell jokes. That is a big one. I don't tell jokes. But then, I did tell that one. That's so right. So let it be known. Okay, let it be known. Because that was amazing. But then your name is
1: Israel. Was that your born name, Israel my Rubin? Circ- my circumcised name. So on your birth certificate is Stephen. Steve- oh, yeah. The, yeah, they don't recognize. But I I don't, I don't. never did see my circumcision uh, certificate. But my bris, Brit Mila was Yisroel Reuben. Oh, that is phenomenal. Oh, that is amazing. That, and that, think I, did, I never that, even made the connection. That's why, you know, there's so many Bible teachers I would dispute with who say that Paul, his name, changed his name when he became a Christian. No, he didn't. He always had two names. Mm. Jewish culture always, especially when there's a power higher, he was Saul, always yep. Saul. In, in the synagogue, he'd be Saul. But while he was doing building tents, he was he, he 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 was Paul. He's Paul. Yeah, he's Paul. But he was. But what does the writer do? The book of Acts changes because indeed Saul converted, if you will. Paul's heart was broken, koshered, and he is now known in the book of Acts. He goes from Saul of Tarsus to Paul, but not because. Somebody, yeah. he changed his, he had the name, he just started, he's going to the Gentiles, he's going to use his Gentile name. interesting at, That's at least my theory, but I've heard scholars say, oh no, look, Paul got saved, so now he's got a new name. He, I ha, I've always had the name Israel Ruben, eight from the time I was eight days old. Did your in, parents call you that, or did they call you No, Sina? no, they called me, but in synagogue, when I was bar mitzvah, they called me up to the bima Royal Ruben. There's oh, no Steve. Oh, my gosh, Yisrael amazing. Ruben. But if I would go in elementary school and wait for somebody to call me Yisrael Ruben, I'd be still there. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> You're the official sage, Israeli Ruben Herzig. I love yeah, exactly. it.
1: And, but in Hebrew school, never called Steve. Always Israel. Oh, that's amazing. So you had to turn your switch your brain around there. It's, it, it, it's, a culture. You, yeah. it's an autumn I'm in synagogue now. They're not gonna they're not gonna it's just different. Yep. It's just the way it is. But the point for um
0: for Pergamum is that it's a church that's actually completely ingratiated itself into the culture that was surrounding them. And, and in fact broke the very two big things that kind of was supposed to define them as Christians, well, uh, look, sexual the culture, immorality. That's right. And the
1: culture was pulling them, but it didn't pull antipas, did No, it? exactly. It didn't pull. That, so look, there was an individual in the church who held fast. And by the way, that's one of the encouragements uh, in the one of the churches, hold fast. In this case, it's not here in, in this letter. Holding fast is what we have to do, Chris. And can I say, I like that you brought this up,
0: because sometimes you can read these letters and you can think about the church as a whole because he jesus is speaking to the church as a whole but at the same time he's speaking to each individual 100%. heart. hundred percent and so you know yes your church might be doing might be completely embracing the culture but the reality is that doesn't mean you have to embrace the culture
1: and it, i'm at antipas wasn't
0: exactly he got killed for it. exactly the nicolaitans i just like to say too were a sect that apparently taught that Christians could engage in immoral behavior with imp- uh, with impunity they are also mentioned in in Revelation
1: 2:15 they are sometimes You know what they you know what we would call that Chris Caesaros that that's what they were saying que sera, sera. Yeah, whatever well don't no don't worry about it it's no big deal well and, and I'd say even
0: Paul speaks into this in Romans chapter 6 when he says should we go on sinning God forbid. Uh, God forbid. So that even though there's grace that's available there for us, which sounds like, oh, you could do whatever you want. That is not the point of grace. Grace was not a free card to live whatever life you want to live. It was actually there as grace from God because you were you are a sinner and you're saved by grace. But that doesn't so mean that it's not give a you pull. impunity.
1: It's not a the culture is appealing, Chris. Oh. It's appealing. There's something about it. Uh, you know, we in in we're told in, in the Bible, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. You know, anything that uh, sounds too good at the beginning, and we're talking about sin, sin pays off at the beginning and kills you at the end. Mm-hmm. Godliness could be a postponement of the blessing. You're willing to set aside uh, fleshly appetite, And it's, we don't always win those victories. Uh, it's It's tough. And it was tough in the church. It's tough today. But the warning is there, nonetheless. The warning is very, very clear. Mm-hmm. And it's a fine balance b- b- on how you embrace culture.
0: You know, because uh, it's funny to me in our modern era, uh, our Christian, Christianity in America, especially today, and maybe it's just the West as well, is that uh, it's funny how busy we are trying to push back against the culture. You know, we, we electing officials to push back against culture and all this, when really the Jesus doesn't call us to go into the politics of the world, or or not that we can't. It's our free voice to do that. We have the right to do that as 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 Americans, or if you live in a democracy. But the reality is, is that sometimes I think we spend a long time trying to fix the world when really sometimes we We we, need fixing. We need fixing. (laughs) The church needs fixing. You know, we're here. We are trying to spruce up Washington D.C. Maybe that's not what God's called us to do. Maybe He's called us right here because Jesus doesn't call Rome out. He actually calls out each individual church and a believer, telling them, don't embrace the culture. You just be who I've called
1: you to be, and the world will notice that. Who would have thunk that a, a letter written around 95 AD to seven churches in Asia have so much relevance to the United States in soon-to-be 2023? Oh, 100%. It's, it, and by the way, this book is amazingly... Up to the time. That's right. We think it's outdated, uh, and there's many arguments of people, folks, who say, oh, that the Bible is totally irrelevant. They try to rewrite it, take God out of it, but it can't be done. Well, uh, and
0: also, just a, a little last bit here is that, before we move on to the news, is that all of it, Steve, is couched in the fact that Jesus is coming back. Amen. That, that is what this. all these letters, these little letters are written, these little epistles are written on the notion... As of what Paul's about to tell or what John's about to tell them in Revelation chapter five four all the way to there's 22.
1: an old hymn oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day Jesus is coming oh yeah again <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Uh, yeah, You're yeah. a singer too. People no, don't, people uh,
0: don't know that about you too. You well, in, they know now that what, I'm not. Well,
1: th- weren't you in what band were you in? Were you oh, in a worship uh, group? Uh, uh, we were called uh, the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives. That's we were right. called the and, and we were in demand in Huntington Beach, California. Those people need a life. <laughs> <laughs> but we were. We had invitations. Our we had a full tilt of. Uh, opportunities to sing in church—that's fantastic. I wonder if they were—they the, just like to laugh at us or what. But.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, first, Steve, I thought, given the fact that we were talking about Pergamum,
1: oh yeah, look at the smiley face. I know he's got a good and a good beard too. Oh man, he looks like your brother, exactly. older brother, exactly. And he was
0: almost—he uh, was almost arrested. He was almost um, charged here. Um, here's the headline from Fox News: The UK, the United Kingdom government admits, quote, inappropriate to argue Bible offensive in a case against a Christian
1: uh, street preacher. He'd been preaching 15 years, Chris. Yeah, on the streets. On the streets. The same message about Jesus uh, and preached the Bible and talked about what the Bible says. So what happened? Well, he's calling out what sin is. Certain people
0: heard what he said about sin, didn't like it, so they were offended by what he said. They were offended by um, uh, his viewpoints. And so uh, charges were brought against him. Um, and in doing so and bringing the charges, eventually that lady, I, I believe, dropped the charges. She did. Um, but the reality was, is that the, um, I guess that the state was considering the fact that he was using scripture as, a, as, a, uh, as the basis for his uh, understanding of what sin is. And by doing that, They basically were saying, well, Scripture's offensive then. Well,
1: listen to the last paragraph in this article. It says, It says, Their arguments in the case were so steeped in the prevailing secular political orthodoxy, it was chilling. Scraping the barrel in this way to try to convict a Christian preacher does not just waste a lot of people's time, but consistently creates wider and far-reaching implications for Christians across the UK who believe in Jesus and for society in general adding that the government's recognition of its own impropriety represents good news for UK Christians, and such arguments must never be made by them again. Yes. Well, because the big Praise thing was— Praise the Lord. That's right. Because
0: the big issue is, if they would have continued down this path, then they would have considered the Bible—it would have started to question the teachings of the Bible. And so, fortunately, the justice system in the UK— They put went, the brakes on they, they went the opposite direction, which— But this guy's a seal. You don't want yeah. to mess with this no, guy. No, exactly.
1: He's fifty-five years old, but he looks—he's happy
0: guy. That's uh, right. But I don't think you want to mess with him. No, but, the, but you know, we were just talking about Pergamum and the idea that you know persecution, Persecu or oh, Smyrna. That's right, Smyrna. A yeah. uh, persecution. Here's a guy that's been persecuted, but he—he's staying true to the teaching to the scripture. And you know what? He's not trying to change the government. He's actually just out there preaching to individuals about salvation. And that's salvation. critical.
1: That's really important. All right. So the next one this is. This is great, Chris. I know. This because wa- tell them about. I, I know I'm jumping the gun, and I no. know. I'm just saying Equip, which this podcast is sponsored by. Had when did we have him back last July? All right, I, I wanted to set it up for you because there's this picture. There he He's is. He's an equip guy. Have, if you're listening, maybe you
0: have been to our equip class for with Bassem Eid. It was a guest lecture, and he was uh, fantastic. He was a great guy, a Palestinian human rights activist who supports Israel. And this comes from the JC, and the the, the, the article title is Palestinians. This is Bassem Eid uh, saying this. A Palestinian man himself, Palestinians are to blame for the rise of Israel's far right, says Arab human rights uh, campaigner Bassem Eid. Criticizes international community for supporting PA and getting nothing in return, and so uh, he is arguing, which I think is fascinating. You know, we, we were just talking about the fact that the New York Times was basically saying. Uh, Biden, you got to do something with this uh, right-wing Israeli government. Last week we talked about the fact that democracy is working just fine in Israel. They voted for this. this is what they asked for in Israel and um, and so the question is well why all of a sudden this very right-leaning government the most right-leaning government that uh, Israel has ever had in its history, Steve, going back to its independence in 1948 and here Basem Eid, a Palestinian man himself is saying, I know whos to blame? My people, the Palestinians. Why? Because Ben Gavir, the one we were just talking about earlier, we know the reason why he was elected. We know the reason why people got behind him. We know the reason why his party got several seats, and it's because of security. There has been a lot of issues in Israel of security, uh, and not just security of Gaza firing rockets into Israel. We're talking about the fact that when you're walking down the street in Jerusalem, The average Israeli doesn't feel safe. In fact, Steve, I was just, um, when I was in Israel, I caught a taxi from the old city back to my hotel. And it was this very dear Arab-Israeli man. So he's Muslim. He sends his kids to a Christian school. And he goes, I don't let my kids. Now, in Israel, you'll always be shocked. I'm always shocked. Little kids are walking around all over the place in Jerusalem. It's a city. And you've probably seen this. Oh,
1: yeah, hundreds of times.
0: There are kids. There's a, there's a 10-year-old leading a 3-year-old home in the middle of the city. Just us Americans couldn't fathom doing that. But that's just the culture, okay? Uh, and that's Jewish or Muslim or Christian. It doesn't matter who you are. So I'm driving with this taxi cab driver, and, and he says, I, take my, I wake up early in the morning. I take my daughter to school in Bethlehem. I take her there in the car. And then I take my son. I drive him to school. He's, he's 13. I said, but don't, can't he just walk? I mean, it's like a quarter mile. He goes, he can walk, but I don't trust it. I said, why don't you trust what's going on? He goes, because these Palestinians. This is an Arab-Israeli. These Palestinians are crazy. They don't know who they're killing. They don't know if this is an Israeli or whatever. He goes, and he's pointing at the street that we're driving down. He goes, there's, there's a killing here. There's a killing. And, and he's trying to paint the picture that it's not safe. I don't trust it. As a, as an Arab Israeli. So you can imagine that most Israelis don't feel that safe like they used to. And so there is a security issue. And I think what Basem Eid is saying here is I know who's to blame for this. It's the you got a far right government because the only person that was speaking up was Ben Gavir about security and safety and walking home confidently at night and all these things. And so that's what Basem Eid is speaking into. You want to know who's to blame? You are, you want to keep stabbing people or whatever, then guess what you're going to get? You're going to get a far right
1: government that's bent on security. Yeah, no, you're a hundred percent right. And, uh, I, th- I think folks listening to this podcast, if you go back to equip, I think, uh, he had, Bassam had, he was speaking countercultural to his own people mm-hmm. and he knows it, but it's logical, uh, He's he's Palestinian. Makes no bones about it. He wants what everybody else wants, and he, he thinks a lot of things are just like we do. I'm Jewish. I think there's some crazy Jewish people out there, if, especially if they're going to persecute a Jewish person they don't agree with. Yeah. And all he's saying is the same thing. Look, I'm Palestinian, but these people are—they don't care who they hurt, and they could be hurting one of us. They could be. No one feels safe. This isn't the way it's meant to be. And what he wants. And to be honest, Chris, what most people want, if you're just boiling it down, don't you want to be able to have your own home in a peaceful area and pursue your passion, whatever that is. Your kids go to school, they come home, and you're able to trust a culture that things are going to be okay. Uh, just life will be okay. But it's not it hasn't been that way in Israel. And by the way even in our country we do the today, same thing it's the same thing major cities around the country Ike. people are frightened yep uh, and why is it well because a couple of years ago they defunded the police yep now say what you want i'm not talking about being red blue if if you defund the police you should not be surprised when crime goes up that's right it's, it's the way it is even in hollywood who are not conservative They are, Hollywood types are getting robbed now. They're speaking up. Now all of a sudden, that's right. It's happening. And so what he's saying is simply logical. And logical is unfortunately countercultural today. It's a countercultural in the Arab community, the Palestinian community, because now there are, hey, what other democratic country will actually allow people in their Congress, the, the Knesset, of individuals who want to call for the downfall of the country? Yeah. (laughs) That's who got elected last election. And now it's getting turned around because all of a sudden people are getting frightened. And we do the same thing with the border. The
0: border becomes a security issue. We know it's a security issue. And yet... If you ignore it, all of a sudden what's going to happen? People have opinions and they're going to vote in a different direction come 100%. 2024. It's the same thing, and I, I appreciate his honesty. Because, I really
1: love this. Yeah. And so, I, you will include these in the notes. These right? are
0: all included in the notes. In fact, I'm going to go back in and make sure that I link Bassem Ede's, uh guest lecture series that oh, he did. Oh, great idea. So that people, if they want to go watch that, they can do that as well. All right, everybody, here we go. Our Steve. Yiddish word. And you know the word. That's right. I do know the word. I have to dig it up here. Hang on. This is one you gave us. All right. And the reason that we chose this word is because here we are drinking our
1: Perrier. That's right. That's what happened after you drink too much Perrier. Perrier, you get greps. You greps. Uh, you greps. In fact, I, I don't know if people noticed when I turned away from the mic. Yep, we saw that. That's because I didn't want to... You don't want to <laughs> grep in, in the mic. I didn't want to greps in the mic.
0: That's right. So we were joking about the about the Perrier, and he goes, boy, you know what? The Perrier gives me greps. It, 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 it means it, to belch. It's a burp. You're a <laughs>
1: Hey, if you want to see a lot of Jewish uh, movie guys... They include a lot of belching, a lot of physical things that make people laugh. Yes. You know, when my kids were young, you know how I could get them to laugh? I know this sounds cr- My kids, when they were in elementary school, I said, underwear. Yeah. That's, oh, trust me. They are laughing all That's over. That's right. What? what? When you come down, say, down to their hey, level. hey, Alice, did you throw in a load of underwear? Ah!
0: <laughs> so, greps Greps grips. Grips. We could have done Happy New Year We No, we're done, doing greps We could have done something uh, spiritual But nope, we're gonna doing a big greps You yep. know why? Alright, Steve, I'm going to try thanks here Thanks to Laura that, Thanks to Laura But I'm also how are we going to connect us to the don't churches? Don't burp in the mic no, I'm not going to burp <laughs> in the mic How do we connect us to the church? The greps to the church, though Don't I don't even know What do we do?
1: I'm trying Usually we're good at this I know Uh all right, here we go. We're if, losing him. If you don't, if if you if you drink too much seltzer water, you belch. In God's eyes, we shouldn't. If we compromise in the culture, he'll belch us out. Okay, I like it. That's right. Okay, I'm a little ahead of myself. Of Laodicea, where he vomits, but that's what he's doing. He's grepsing. All right, he's
0: grepsing us out. There you go. Oh, good one. Wow, But Steve, you are on fire today. I like it. Okay, Israel Rubin. Thank you very much. That's Israel Rubin signing off. That's right, everybody. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us for a long Jew and Gentile right, how podcast. How long, Chris? An hour and nine minutes. Uh, are you pe- still here? No, they're oh, gone. They're gone? They're no. gone. Oh, we're just talking to ourselves. That's in. right. Everybody, thank you so much for being a part of the Jew and Gentile podcast. Just a fresh reminder, this is our last plea to please go to gofoy.org forward slash equip, and there you can give to keep our podcast running, to keep our FOI Equip classes going and growing, and also to help our interns that are helping to share the love of Jesus, the Messiah, and also to sh- to show the light of Jesus, the Messiah, to our Jewish friends all around the country. That's our interns. Hey, if you want to be a part of that and help to give, if God's pulling on those strings to give a little guilt, you can go to gofoi.org forward slash FOI equip. Thanks everybody for joining us. We'll see you next year.